yo, yo, it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. The Overcomers Podcast is designed to help you overcome adversity and live your dreams. Every week, we will be sharing stories of people who found their strength in their struggle. The Overcomers Podcast is sponsored by Journey 333. And that's a lot of threes, so let me tell you what it is. It's fitness, coaching, and nutrition. It is a place where we help you to look better, live better, and feel better, and it is mind, body, spirit. Today, we're going to help you get your mind right with our special guest. Hello, Overcomer Nation. Wow, I am just so thrilled at the guests that I have for you today because we're going to talk a bit about overcoming loss. We're going to talk about dealing with grief. We're going to talk about an almost 70 pound, very close to 70 pounds of weight loss, reversing pre-diabetes, right? Are you listening, Overcomer Nation? We got a lot of overcoming to talk about today. Uh, we're also talking with someone who is a published author, uh, wrote a book called Times of Perseverance, Hope and Healing on the Battlefields of Life. It's to provide hope and encouragement and inspiration to the wounded in life. Greg Grossman has a website called Beyond Perseverance. It's located at www.beyondperseverance.com. Greg, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Travis. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Ah, oh, thank you so much. It's a, it's always great to have an overcomer on the show and share their stories of overcoming. And you certainly have overcome a lot. Amen. Yes, yes. Through the power of uh, perseverance. Mm. Now, I, I wanted to kind of start, you know, since I mentioned it first, and, and I think that we might be going chronologically here, um, with the losses, you, you had several losses that happened all around, uh, uh, you know, a short time period. Um, and I don't know if that's connected to the uh, any weight gain or what, but uh, uh, can we just kind of list those? And if you could just kind of give us a little summary of that time in your sure, life. Sure, sure. I was getting ready to um, to finalize my manuscript for Times of Perseverance and COVID ravaged the globe, as we all know. Uh, we had a shelter in place here in Dallas, and which is where I'm from and everywhere else in, in the country. And so um, my mother had had underlying medical conditions up in the New York City area. She had had underlying medical conditions. Uh, she had contracted COVID and passed away unexpectedly. Uh, and, um, and my father-in-law had been on hospice. He had congestive heart failure. So he'd been ill for a bit. Um, so when my mother, my mother passed away March 29th, my father-in-law passed away several days later. Uh, and so the, the, the grief was overwhelming. My my, pu my publisher gave me an extension. They were very supportive, very caring and kind. And I did just that. Um, but um, the book is is chronically my survival from personal family trying to brain injury. It was my older brother Todd's auto accident. So uh, my, my brother passed away uh, last summer, August 8th. Uh, and my, my mother's brother, who is been deceased since 1970. Uh, his wife passed away, uh, and my wife lost her father, of course, my father-in-law, and her mother. Um, so I lost five family, and then I lost three friends, one of them from COVID, two from other things, and then my my um, graduate professor at seminary had passed away from an illness, and she was like a mentor to me. So I had endured comprehensible loss in a short period of time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, five different family members. Um, how how do you deal with that kind of loss? I mean, what got you through? 
I would say uh, it's definitely my faith, my faith in God, uh, faith, and certainly uh, my my uh, my family, been very supportive. I work with a grief counselor who has been very very helpful, uh, and um, just I would say my friends as well. I have a very cohesive, supportive network of friends, and uh, that really has helped immensely and um, just being patient with the process and knowing that loss is a part of life. Uh, Sounds like, you know, surround yourself with support, you know, between the family counselor, the friends, uh, you know, the, you know, the family, I'm sorry, um, the grief counselor and the family and the friends. Um, You know, I want to ask you a question about your faith because I think it's an important question. Uh, Throughout our life, you know, we face loss, unexpected loss. And I think that there are many people that during those times want to blame God, right? They, they want to say, God, you know, uh, how could you let this happen to me? Or why did you take this person from me? Um, and yet your faith gets you through. Um, so, you know, clearly we have some people that have a belief in God, but it's not working for them. They're believing that God is uh, punishing them somehow. Uh, what would you say to that? I would say that, uh, first of all, that's the emotional part of our, of our being. And, uh, when you can clear away all that, you know, we must do what, what, what the Bible says is, and this is hard for people because it's hard to trust an unseen or unheard one, but we do it by faith. Mm -hmm. Uh, the scripture says, trust the Lord with all thine heart, lean not on thy understanding, acknowledge him in all your ways and he shall direct your path. So it's that trust that comes not just from up here, but it's in your heart, in your soul, it's your innermost being. And that's not being moved by your feelings or what you see or hear. Uh, Loss, grief, everybody grieves differently. Uh, And, you know, and they want to blame, you know, others or they want to blame God. And so uh, God stands ready with open arms to welcome you, to say, I'm here for you. Um, just hang in there because the emotions like a stovetop, the flame can get really high, you know, and we can get, you know, very, some folks can get bitter. Some people could become atheistic, atheist agnostic, or some people just, uh, can, you know, have a bitter towards God. But, um, if we understand that, uh, death is a, uh, death is inevitable. It's a painful, I wrote this in my book, uh, you know, grief is inevitable. Grief is unavoidable. It's a painful reality of life. Grief is unavoidable. We all grieve differently, whether you lose a loved one, certainly whether you lose your house, whether you lose a job, whether you lose your pet. That's very, very stressful. It's a, uh, something that you love. Uh, it's, it's unavoidable. It's a painful reality in life. But I'm here to tell you as a survivor that if you can hang in there, and I'm speaking to someone out there who may be enduring this right now, if you just hang in there and know that it's going to be okay, Take one one moment, one minute at a time. Be patient with yourself, patient with yourself, and feel your way through and do what you feel is the is the appropriate thing to do. If you don't know what to do, do what you know to do, um, and just take one step at a time. Grief is a process. So is this life, which is a journey, but the grief is inevitable. It happens to everyone and everyone. It just shows you how human we are. But if we just be patient and trust the process, when we do that, we have to place our faith in God 
And we must be able to trust that when we put one foot out in front of the other, we are not going to stumble. We are, we are, even though the room is dark, we're going to find our way through. God will get us through. The, the psalmist said, the entrance of his word giveth light. So his word will give light and he will shine a, a light, a flashlight into our dark world and help us see clearly. And we see clearly, we'll feel, we'll feel clear. We'll think clear. Yeah, really good. I like how you acknowledge too, that death is a part of life. I, I think that uh, as we, you know, deny and um, blame and all those, we are uh, failing to accept you know, that natural stage in life. And, and, you know, that's the thing. Tomorrow's not promised. We're not told when or how, but we do know that, that life, I, I heard it, I heard a quote and it's kind of a fun one. And it says that life is a sexually transmitted terminal illness, right? Because, you know, like we are all born and, and at some, at some time we will leave this earth, you know, right. So um, not to be morbid in any way, but I mean, that is, you know, just uh, that's your, that's your chapter, right? You know, there, there is a chapter in that book. And uh, with our faith, we believe that the story goes on. But, uh, you know, death is going to be part of it. So uh, uh, it's, it's good that you acknowledge that. Uh, so you had all this loss at a time in your life when you were, uh, you know, chronicling uh, the story of overcoming a traumatic uh, brain injury. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the book? And, and Sure, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I love to write and I, you know, I kept journals over the years. I don't know why I kept them, but I kept them. And it, um, after I had, uh, another head injury here in Dallas, I said to my wife, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to write a book. And sure enough, I started to find all my journal entries and this was a process and I was able to put together, um, you know, uh, my, my, my coming to faith, you know, as, 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 as a Jewish person becoming a believer in Jesus and Yeshua. And I uh, was able to document that. I was able to document, you know, the, my, my, my experience on the plane ride home after I got the call that my brother was was severely brain injured. I documented that. And I wanted the reader to, 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 to have a, you know, I wanted to provide a transparent glimpse into the soul of a wounded man. And so I wanted to be able to speak to the reader and share with them. And so I began to do that. And then I reconnected with my father who had, who had disowned me because of my faith, believing in Yeshua, believing in Jesus. And uh, I was able to document that. So I was able to provide that and he had passed away and I had some time with him and I was able to, again, journal that. Journaling is a great panacea or a remedy to, 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 to express or to sort of vent, you know, how you're feeling. I was able to do that. I was able to take some of those journal entries and put them into my story. So the story was a process and uh, it helped me to, you know, to, um, to, to assemble, to put together what had happened to me so that I can help the reader understand and and then of course be able to provide to the reader some some insight and wisdom from what I learned because I want the reader to take away something that they can apply in their life. Mm. Well, it's really really interesting. Uh, you know, here we are uh, uh, at the time that we're recording this episode. It's right around Easter, and uh, you know that is a time where you might watch. Uh, you know, filming on TV and, you know, uh, uh, you know, they're, you know, they have the portrayal of the Jews and, you know, they didn't believe in Jesus. And, and uh, that's an interesting 
thing that you just shared about your faith that you had a conversion um from your belief uh as a jewish person to believing in jesus and uh, uh i i have to ask uh what caused that you know what, what was that sure sure uh well my, my brother's accident was 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 very painful and um you, you know i didn't realize at the time but seeds were being planted i mean um you know i when i went up to visit my brother at the at the head injury hospital i was staying at the hotel and there was a Gideon bible in the drawer and i read you know some verses there and then i when i moved down to south florida after graduating school in vermont i you know began to you know watch christian tv and i began to hear the preacher on the radio and and, and then heard a verse of scripture sitting at the pool you know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word the spirit of man is the candle of the lord searching all the inward parts of the belly first verse faith comes by hearing because i wanted that faith you know i i i I had a void in me and and spiritually uh i was educated well read but i had this void and if faith's going to come anywhere it comes by hearing the word of god and then i heard an old testament verse uh from uh that said the spirit of man is the candle of the lord searching all the inward parts of the belly so uh you know i i began to study the read the word of god study the word of god and and got you know uh, plugged into a ministry and uh seeds were being planted to the point where uh i read the sinner's prayer and and it really spoke to me you know spoke to my heart and it was exactly what i needed there was uh an invitation in there to to open my heart to confess my sins um and to believe in jesus even though i was raised jewish and that was their teaching was did not endorse that uh but i you know my my my, my heart was was in mind where we're well open to receive it as i i heard the truth and it set me free and i you know was able to to uh to um to read the sinner's prayer and 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 confess my sins and take jesus as yeshua as my savior and trust him for eternal life and um and did that that at that point uh you know that's that's when that conversion was justified by faith uh occurred and uh the rest is what we say his story <laughs> history <laughs> or his story <laughs> uh you know and and so um you know that moment changed me for 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 my whole life and for eternity and that's what that's what happened that's documented in my in my memoir my story all the details of that yeah so well thank you for sharing that and it sounds like uh you know when we're going through something that is a, a tragedy for our family uh, and you're chronicling, chronicling your brother's uh, traumatic brain injury. Uh, you know your your first um, first exposure. You know is, is you know you're you're searching for something to comfort you, and you find the Gideon Bible, right? And you know you start to read a little bit. Um, so it's you know even in our darkest moments, uh, sometimes there's a gift there for us. You know something that. Uh, you know you're going to find uh in this moment that you would not have found otherwise uh, so uh if you could tell us a little bit about that brain injury that happened to your brother sure my, my brother my brother um was in a head-on collision and uh he had um sustained a severe traumatic brain injury um he, he was in critical condition in, in, in icu and uh they didn't expect him to pull through but he did and um he was able to get care at the hospital and at that point 
my family, we, we needed to transfer him to a skilled head injury uh, facility. And we did that. And he got more, um, you know, more specialized care. Uh, and he was able to do that. But my brother, um, you know, when my brother's accident happened, that was like a death. It was a death. I mean, we all lost Todd. We lost, I lost a brother. I knew my mother lost a son. My father lost a son. And, and so, um, my brother had spent many years in a, uh, in, in a, well, several number of years in a, in a head injury hospital and was able to go to a sort of a community-based place and then he was able to, to come back at home. Um, but uh, my brother was severely disabled. He he couldn't work anymore. He'd had a you know severe traumatic brain injury. He couldn't talk, used a touch talker. They had to relearn how to talk. In the beginning, he used a touch talker and then he was able to begin to enunciate up till probably around 2010 or 2011, we started to see a decline neurologically. And then it wasn't until 2015, I saw his head started to go down like this. They put a Velcro strap up and, you know, it was at that point his speaking his speaking was beginning to get affected, and he was starting to neurologically decline. My brother, um, you know, had a lot of years where he somewhat reached a peak, good number of years, and there were a lot of years where he was just rehabilitating to get to a better point. Uh, but my brother uh, was, uh, you know, struck down at 28 years old, mm -hmm. a wife and a, and a baby. And uh, life was not the same for them. Life was not the same for us. But uh, my mother and myself, we stuck close to my brother for almost 33 years. And every year I would go up to see whether from Florida or Texas, I'd always go up to New York to visit mom. We, we would always we'd always go up to see Todd the next day and spend the day with him. But that's pretty much what happened. I explained a little more in detail uh, about that about that accident, but uh, Todd's accident was a pivotal point for me um, and helped me, you know, change my perspective on life and played a role in, in my coming to faith in, in, in Yeshua and Jesus. It played a role. Yeah. Um, and uh, I turned to God. I didn't run away from God. I turned to God and God met me right where I was at, met me where I was at, took me in as I was and changed me and uh, it's given me the life that I have today. Wow, that's, a, that's an amazing story. And uh, quite a tribute to your brother as well. What, what do you hope that the reader will gain from reading the book? I want the reader to understand that uh, there's things that we're just not gonna understand in life that are gonna happen. Some things we can understand, but I want them to, to know that they can uh, uh, over that they could they could work through their situation that they could persevere uh, that there is support. I encourage the reader to talk about their struggle. Uh, it could be with your rabbi, with a pastor, a priest, uh, you know, you know, whoever it may be, um, a spiritual advisor. Talk about it with a with with a, with a friend. Don't give up. Um, there'll be times where you want to, where you will feel broken, um, but you know. Uh, in time and with 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 just being patient with a counselor with some help that broken piece on your glass will become cemented it, it, it'll become you'll see that that's it'll be a scar in the beginning it'll be a little bit more noticeable but then after time it starts to fade 
And at some point later on, so you don't see this when you're going through it, but it does make you the person that you do become. Because after you endure something, ladies and gentlemen, whatever it may be or whatever you're going through right now, um, you don't see it when you're going through it, but you do the best that you can. My message to you is do the best you can. Let go of the outcome. Leave that to God. You do the best that you can. Take one minute, one moment, one minute, one hour, one day at a time. And um, just know that you will be okay. It's going to take some time, but you hang in there and persevere and um, work through this. Mm -hmm. you'll, get, you'll get through. You'll get through. It'll be better than you were before like Job. And Job got his healing. Go into the book of Job. Job was healed and restored. But you will, you will uh, uh, overcome and uh, be better than you were before. But you got to hang in there and know this, ladies and gentlemen, you're not alone. You're not alone. I've yeah. endured a lot of loss in a short period of time. It has strengthened my theology of ministry. Would you believe it? it has strengthened my perspective on life? Believe it or not. You know, I'm now a hospice chaplain. I was a workplace chaplain before. Uh, for I've been with this company for almost seven years, but became a hospice chaplain this summer after all the losses. I be, it strengthened my theology and ministry. It strengthened how I viewed life. And because I was able to um, be patient and work through the process, you know, work with a grief counselor, I the real healing, my friends, comes within. Yes, it has to go through here in your head, but it, it, the real healing is in your soul. And so I had a calling to work with the terminally ill and their family and i've been doing that and so um there's great things for you just hang in there and uh and, and you'll, you'll get through get that's through awesome. that's awesome you know uh as you were given the analogy of the broken glass and that it does mend and that you do get stronger um i was reminded of the uh, story of kintsugi uh, are you familiar with that kim uh, is that japanese yeah, the Japanese pottery. Yes, uh, yes. The Japanese make the most beautiful pottery, and then they break it. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's perfect pottery to begin with, but then they broke it, and uh, they break it to mend it back together with gold because they believe that it's stronger and more beautiful than it was had it just been left as perfect pottery. So uh, it sounds just like the story that you were just telling me right now, you know? So I, I think that's a... Good time to just kind of throw that in there. Um, and that's the hope for everybody is that they can read your book and, uh, you know, through your mending uh, that they can mend and that they can know that they're not alone. I, I think that's awesome. Really, really awesome. That's a great goal. Um, so at what point was it? You know, it's, it's interesting how our mind, body, spirit are so closely connected that we can't do something positive for one without doing something positive for the other, right? You know, they're contagious, right? At what point was it that you began this almost 70 pound weight loss journey? Well, uh, I had, you know, after my, my, I had an auto accident, you know, and I, uh, down here in Dallas and had developed post-concussion syndrome. And I wrote about that in the book and was working with a neurologist and had my weight checked. And, you know, I, I, I knew that I, I needed to lose some weight and, um, you know, I was pre-diabetic and, uh, and my weight kept going up and up and up incrementally, you know, and, and uh, I, at that point, I was able to lose five pounds. And then at that point, uh, when I got to 230, I 
I just, I knew that I needed to uh, not just change what I eat. That's always what it focuses on. It's your diet, of course, that's important, but it's, it's changing my lifestyle. It's changing my perspective of food. It's chewing slower. It's making wiser choices in food. It's not eating late at night and, and snacking. And so I made that decision and I was able to lose the weight and to, to, um, to get down to a, it was, may have been 190 or 200, I can't remember, but I know I went to the doctor and I was, my sugar was still elevated mm. and my liver enzymes were, and I, I couldn't understand it. I was so frustrated. And so what I tell folks is hang in there, hang in there. Those numbers fluctuate and, and you find a, a doctor, they, they should be able to work with you on that. So I, I just, you know, at that point I wasn't at my weight loss goal. I needed to lose a little bit more weight and kept losing weight and went back to get blood work just this past December. And, uh, I, my sugar went from 112 to, you know, to 89. And I was not, my glucose was not only in a healthy, normal range, which it had never been being, being, you know, heavy, uh, that I, they did an A1C and I was a 5.3. Now, if they had done that when I was 230, 235, I, I know I would have been probably in, in a very, um, you know, unhealthy range and medication could have been suggested. But what I wanted to say to you is this, my liver enzyme, the, it went down considerably. They wanted to send me for a liver. The doctor wanted to send me for a liver scan. So over a course of time, be patient, work with your doctor. Uh, and I did a 180 because see many people who lose weight, you know, they become yo-yo dieters. They, they invariably at some point revert back to whether it's 20 pounds, 30 pounds, 40 pounds. So I didn't want that to happen. So I, I had to, you know, I seek the Lord on this one and ask God to, to, to give me the patience and the fortitude to make wise choices and to be consistent with what I eat. And that's what I've done. And I've kept the weight off. And uh, that has helped me to have a better quality of life, to have more energy, to be more focused, and to, um, to now be able to do the things that I'm called to do and to also help me endure. I just had COVID not that long ago and I'm thankful that I lost a lot of the weight because that really helped. I went, in fact, when I got my blood work, I got COVID a few days later and uh, I had a really good immune response because I took care of myself. Uh, but folks understand this, the body can get injured just like the mind can, you know, like with grief. So you just take, take it easy. Self-care is very important. Take care of yourself. Very important to do that. And so um, now I'm, I endeavor just to, to be steady and smooth and to be consistent. And, to, you know, and, and I have a day where I'll just go off and eat something you know, that, that I don't normally eat. But um, I'm mainly consistent. You don't have to feel as though you're, you're in a, a jail suit you know, tied to that food. But just be careful because some people, you know, there's trigger foods that may cause you to start going off into eating foods that you shouldn't eat. So uh, my faith has played a huge role in that. And also knowing that I need to take care of this, as we say in the scriptures, this temple is the body of the Holy Spirit. I have to take care of my temple, <laughs> to take care of my body and my mind so that I could be of use you know, by God and, and, and for others. And uh, yeah. it's enabled me to, 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 to encourage others and walk with them as they're going through a similar, similar challenge. That's so good. That's so good. Uh, you know, I, I want to ask you, um, in this journey, I, I found already something very rare in your story, uh, because, 
if anybody usually prays for anything with weight loss, it's that it could happen overnight. <laughs> you know, like, can I, you know, I finally decided to do something about this weight that I want to lose, but I really want to be uh, fit for my vacation next week, right? You know, and it took you years to put it on. Uh, you prayed for patience and consistency. You know, that was the intention that you set. And I think that there's something really awesome in that uh, because it wasn't about getting there overnight for some sort of quick fix. It was like, you know, can I have the patience and consistency? And you, you reverse diabetes. I mean, 70% of the people that uh, arrive in the morgue uh, arrive there early from preventable disease, right? I mean, you know, the cholesterol, the blood pressures, the, you know, the diabetes, all the different things that, you know, can one thing can lead to another. And, um, you know, you made some really smart decisions. You, you mentioned even chewing slowly and, and doing different things. Um, what would you say has been the most important aspect of your weight loss journey? Maybe a tool, a strategy, a focus. Uh, what would you say? I would say uh, be creative in that. And let me explain that to you. you know, I, I gave up bread. Uh, my wife had has lost a lot of weight herself using the keto diet. I borrowed some of that. Uh, and um, so what I did, you know, I, I put back, you know, the, the bread, but did that very, very um, modestly. I eat whole wheat flour. I don't eat rich flour. But what I, what I learned to do is this, is um, I buy mushrooms, you know, and they're the, they're the, the big, uh, you know, um, they're not sliced up. And so I would take that big piece of the mushroom. Yeah, the piece yeah. of the mushroom and like almost like a cracker. And I would take some, you know, some chicken and, and put avocado on it, season it up. And then I would put that on there and that would be like bread for me. So I would be I've learned to be creative and, you know, diet dieting is that's a you know, that 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 word is to a lot of people means depriving. And yet you are depending on the life you've been living. I mean, if you're taking in so many carbs and sweets, your body is going to do an adjustment. But understand that, um, you know, do you eat? You ask, ask yourself the question, do you live to eat or eat to live? You know, mm -hmm. and, and if you 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 um, eat to live, you want to make sure that you're eating slowly, that you're choosing foods and you could be creative. That, that was the best thing that I was able to do. Uh, and I learned that, um, you know, moderation is good. Uh, and also um, looking into other food groups. And I've stayed consistent with different food, with a lot of the foods, but I like to be able to um, look outside and look for other foods that I haven't eaten. And that adds to my food base of things that I've chosen that I'm okay with eating. So being creative and being, uh, being uh, you know, somewhat, not being somewhat um, provincial that you can only eat this and, you know, but you can eat other things uh, and, um, and to give yourself permission to, to do that. If you want to have a piece of cake, go for it. If you feel okay doing it, that's your choice. Uh, as my friend would always say, tomorrow is a new day. You're back on program, program, maybe not your diet. Uh, if you've lost the weight, you're in the maintenance mode, but, but go easy on yourself and really enjoy your food. Mm -hmm. Take time to prepare it, put seasoning on there. You know, many people who are smokers can't you know, sense different because you know the tobacco will will impede that, it'll prevent that. But uh, but once people stop smoking or people who don't smoke, they they can begin to season foods and begin to you know begin to get creative in the kitchen with different spices and different ways to cook. 
um, you'll really enjoy eating and cooking and knowing now that you 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 um, you know you you um, are you know eating to live and mm -hmm. you're eating to live not living to eat where you're just all that's what your main focus is so it's shifting this but it's the the, the head and the heart have to be married you yeah. must marry the head and your heart when you're choosing the right food choices and i would probably say our attitude is everything so uh does that mean you have a really bad day that you you just can't go on and that, that you're a failure no it just means one thing you had a bad day or you had a bad moment acknowledge that pick your head up move on and proceed forward because tomorrow will be a better day uh we have to base not our faith on our feelings uh, but we need to uh trust in our hearts trust in our souls that's where god resides and that's what we need to do we need to stay focused so i would say that's what i've taken out of my food journey is to be creative and to try different things and to also know that um you know that this is a lifestyle change it's not a punishment that i could never eat you know a chocolate bar again i i really don't really want to do that if i wanted to do it just to, just to do it i would be fine with it but i say to each person out there you make that this choice yourself because some of those foods could be trigger foods and may cause you to start eating it more and more so um be patient with yourself and know that it just takes time um the repetition of a ha of a behavior is a habit so as you as you become repeat you know your, your behavior of being consistent and enjoying your food little by little by little by little it's like a choo-choo train you know little by little i know i can i know i can it picks up speed and it picks up speed and next thing it's moving and it's moving and it's moving and it's getting you to your destination so good so good i love that piece of advice be creative be creative you know try new things um I actually grew up in a bar. My mother owned a bar when I was growing up. Uh, the main state foods were, uh, you know, pizza or hamburgers or chicken wings and things like that. I, I really didn't try a lot of foods until I got older. Um, now, uh, uh, it would be a keto meal that I would ask for even for my birthday because I've tried things and I've found favorites. And, and if you can find food that you think tastes great but also helps you lose weight, you know, that's the secret to staying on the journey, right? You know, being creative. You know, Greg, I'm always looking to find out what makes somebody an overcomer. And uh, I'm really finding, as you share your story with us, that quite often, uh, especially throughout uh, the show, uh, you know, you've talked about and just never give up, never give up, never give up, you know, like, you know, you just hang in there, hang in there. Uh, so there's that, but also... You are someone, uh, as in the Robert Frost poem, who has taken the road less traveled. I mean, it, it must have been difficult for you as a Jewish man to uh, choose to, you know, open yourself up to a Christian faith. You know, I mean, you know, that that is not the common path. And, you know, to pray for patience on your diet instead of just praying for overnight weight loss success. You know, I, I think that that is an awesome choice and and uh you know there then there's others you know I, I mean even choosing to journal during a difficult time uh you know choosing to lean into your faith instead of uh go away from it um do you feel uh that that is uh part of your identity is the road less traveled uh, that's made you this overcomer or, or you know 
what's helped you to be the overcomer that you are? Yeah, um, I would say that, um, you know, it it's it's really just being who you are, being true to yourself, true to others. I wrote that in my book. Certainly first being true to God and being, being true to his word, being true to others. And um, knowing that um, the measure of a man is not based on, you know, a person, measure of a person is not based on his or her wealth, you know, or success. Um, you know, the, the measure of a person is how they, you know, endure through adversity and how and 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 you know and how they take in that adversity up here and what comes out out here when you're talking with others what i learned through the process of my mentor uh from university taught me is you know the interpersonal component is so important so um i've i've learned to be able to be honest with people to talk with people to listen to people to meet people where they're at uh to join with them and um you know, uh, being Jewish, I got a lot of, uh, of uh, I would say, a lot of harsh words from my father uh, right. and from friends. They, they, you know, they didn't understand. And uh, but I had to be true to myself and true to God. I knew that was the right thing to do, you know. And so um, when you are an overcomer, or when you're overcoming, but an overcomer, that means you're looking, You that means you've overcome. Now, even if you've endured, you know, maybe you've been overweight and people have teased you, you know, you hung in there. Bullying is very painful. It's very difficult, you know, mm -hmm. but you hung in there and now you're ready to take the first step. And now you're ready to, you know, be still, be still before the Lord, be still and be calm and pray and, and say, God, please give me the strength. Give me the strength within to to adhere to a food plan that I, that that's going to be good for me that, that can be able to you know lose the weight at a pace that's healthy it's not quick and and when you do that now and if you lose one pound in a week that's great you may have weeks where you don't lose any weight that's okay listen you're still a success because you were faithful be faithful to whatever you're doing faithful to your diet faithful to whatever you're enduring or trying to overcome it's then and only then when you're faithful you know, that um, you will have more, you know, with little service, it says in this, it's good. God, God rewards faithful service with more service. So be faithful with little, as it says in the gospel, there's a story about to be faithful with little, you'll be faithful with more. So being faithful with that little is learning to, you know, to, to stick to a plan that is good for you. And what's good for you may not be good for your friend or your family member. You know, you, you, you seek out foods, talk to your doctor, work with them, find out things you can and can't eat, and then and then stick to it. Stick to it. Be faithful. Be consistent. Have consistency. And know that this is not a lean cuisine dinner that you put in the microwave and hit two minutes and you know you lose, you know, so you are gonna lose. But sure. we, we want that lean cuisine. You know, it, listen, um whatever you're going through, I'm speaking to people who are going through, who have gone through some things, have come through that wilderness and are now dealing with things now or preparing to go through that wilderness, whatever it may be, you know, we're not guaranteed, uh, but we, we, can, um, we can weather the storm by being faithful to, um, with ourselves first. And if it doesn't feel good, it doesn't feel good. You can cry, you can do whatever you need to do, um, but 
but try and stay focused and make sure you have a supportive person around you. Find some resources that you like to do. Writing is good. I love to write. I like to listen to music. I like to work out. I listen to music. Whatever it may be, it's pertinent for you. Um, what you like is not what the other person likes, and what they like is not what you like. What you like is what you like because it's what you like. So <laughs> that, that is, you know, very important um, to, you know, um, Artie Lang, the British psychiatrist, said, they said, your experience is not my experience. My experience is not your experience. Your experience is your experience because it's your experience. So right. it's only when you can embrace that, and that's where that, that saying I just shared comes from Artie Lang. It really, really, really has impressed my heart. Um, and, you know, when I wrote this book, I dedicated the book, you know, for those who have been wounded in life, this book is for you. That My book was dedicated for those who have been wounded physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I've endured all, all those three. You're not alone. And survivors never, ever quit. And I wrote that in my book. This book is dedicated to those who have been wounded in life. Survivors never, ever quit. And because you're a survivor, you're, you're either you're learning to overcome. That's fine. You made it through today. That's great. That's great. You made it through the day. Endorse yourself. Um, tell yourself, this is great. I, I did great today. Reward yourself. If you can. That's really, really uh, but, good. That makes sense. Yeah, well, it makes a lot of sense. And you know, when you when you were saying, you know, about being true to yourself, um, you know, I, I think it's uh, you know, it's honoring yourself and, and maybe setting a standard for yourself too. Because what is the most common thing for someone that is uh, seeing that they're having the onset of type two diabetes? Um, getting on medication. Uh, I lost a, a stepfather to diabetes. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, eventually became a double amputee and, um, you know, was bedridden for a number of years and uh, just a lot of other health problems that, you know, also came from the diabetes. But I watched him uh, with diabetes, uh, almost use the medication like a biohack, you know, have foods that he wasn't supposed to have and then, you know, take the insulin or whatever the case might be. Uh, and, you know, I, I mean, I think that's common. Uh, I think it's a lot more common than it is to choose to try to cure your diabetes with uh, the proper foods and exercise, you know, so you've, uh, you've not only chosen to be true to yourself, but you've, uh, you've really chosen to, uh, to honor yourself uh, in, a, in a real, uh, you know, it's funny how so many of us won't uh, treat ourselves as well as we would treat someone else, you know, but I mean, if you if you had somebody that you loved and cared about that was risking their health you, you'd want to help them and uh you've chosen to do a great thing for yourself that i hope the listeners are inspired by because you can cure many things with diet and exercise you know could be cholesterol or blood pressure or blood sugars uh you know there is a there is something out there that does help and it's good old-fashioned you know choosing the right foods and staying the course and exercising so really awesome you know just i just want to say Kudos to you for making that choice and, and being here to inspire us today with those choices. Really good. Um, and what will people expect to find when they go to beyondperseverance.com? Sure. Um, beyondperseverance.com uh, is a website uh, which is my life coaching website. They'll find a little information about me, their coach. Uh, that picture that's on there is for my beard, but it's still me. Uh, but they'll... <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll see they'll see a little bit about me learn about my background uh and they'll learn about the two areas of 
life coaching, which I have dual certifications in, uh, dual certifications. Uh, I'm a, uh, I'm a biblical life coach, uh, and that's a Christ-centered framework. It's biblical, you know, about, we view the human, you know, we view the human condition, you know, it's viewed to what the Bible says. And then I, and then I'm also a, a, I have certification as a life break to coach. That is geared towards the secular population, but it has a change model in there. And as you read my bio, you'll see that I came from a very, um, affluent family. My, 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 both of my, my dad and my uncle were successful business uh, men in Midtown Manhattan. And, uh, you know, I, I myself had to find my way and ended up in sales and became very successful at working at that. And then got the call of God in my life to go back to school and, and, and was faithful with that. And other doors opened up for me to do that. Uh, but you'll learn about what coaching is. Uh, and you'll learn if there's the, the, the biblical life coaching and the life breakthrough coaching. And, uh, and then if you want to order my book, there's a link on there to do that too. You can go to Amazon and do that. But if you go to my website, you'll learn all about everything I've done. And then of course, if you want to, uh, listen to some links, uh, click on some links there, I've got some, some TV and some podcasts, some audio video and an article that was written. Uh, I was able to speak at a retirement community and, and encourage the folks there. So, uh, you'll be able to really appreciate, uh, the value of, of coaching someone coming alongside of you to walk alongside of you to help you through the different areas of of life that you need support in. and again that could be you know a life transition coaching i do a lot of that work you know if you're going through different transitions in life it could be weight loss it could be grief certainly you need to work with it if you need to work with a counselor you need to do that i don't have that training that's not what i do and i refer people to that if they need but uh i take people where they're at you know, and um, and help them get to where they would like to be. Uh, I do career coaching. I do life purpose coaching, uh, and um, and I do that and do that. You know, from my heart with humility, because um, I'm dedicated to the human and spiritual condition. I am a licensed minister. Uh, I am a chaplain. I am a life coach, and uh, and an adjunct professor. And so uh, I'm committed to working with people and listening to them and helping them any way that I can so that they could move beyond where they're at and get to where they need to be. Mm, beyond, I love it. Beyondperseverance.com, life coaching with Greg Grossman. And as well, uh, getting the book, Times of Perseverance, hope and healing on the battlefields of life to provide hope, encouragement, and inspiration to the wounded in life. So whether it's a book that you may need, to know that you're not alone, whether it's uh, going to the website and choosing to engage with Greg a little bit more. Um, Greg, any final words or any other ways that people can reach out and get in contact? Um, yeah, when you, if you go on my website, um, take your time, read it. Uh, and um, if you certainly send me an email, I welcome, I'll answer all emails. Uh, and if you want to talk with me, I always talk to people for 30 minutes just to get to know them. I want, I, I look forward to doing that. I give folks a time, a, a, you know, that's that time for them to talk to me, to get to know me and for me to do the same. Uh, and um, you can reach out to me on the on the website. If you'd like to send me an email, there'll be a, 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 link, a, a link on there to, to send me an email to communicate. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing so much with our audience today. We really appreciate you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me, Travis. It was great to be on the Overcomers podcast. Yeah, great to have you. Great to have you. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening, Overcomer Nation. Make sure if you haven't already, give us a five-star rating. Make sure that you share this and subscribe so you can see all of our future content. That's right. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future show, go to overcomers-podcast.com. If you're interested in our franchise opportunities with Journey 333, then go to www.journeyfitness333.com. And finally, if you like what you heard today and you feel like you're somebody that needs a bit more coaching, go to travisbarnes.com. Yeah!